name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is recorded in Genesis chapter 32. Jacob arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, the man touched the socket of Jacob's hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And the man said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And the man said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And the man said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And the man blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. This is the word of the Lord. Look upon my affliction and my pain. 
The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Glory be to thee. Then Jesus went from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Let us confess the faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after me. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the word of the Lord. O Jacob, our Old Testament patriarch, he was on a journey back to the land of Canaan. He had left there years earlier. When he left, his brother Esau hated him and vowed to kill him if he ever saw him again. Jacob learned through the things that he suffered. Total dependence upon the grace of God. Years earlier, he managed to get his twin brother Esau to sell him the birthright, the rights of a firstborn for a bowl of lentil soup. And then with the help of his mother, he disguised himself as his brother Esau, and he was able to snatch the blessing of the father. It was that incident that caused his brother Esau to swear he would kill him. And so Jacob journeyed from the land of Canaan to his family to the north, to Uncle Laban. And he fell in love with Laban's daughter, Rachel. And he had to work seven years for Rachel. And then Laban double-crossed him and gave him Leah instead. And he had to work another seven years for the wife he really wanted, which was Rachel. And most of you know the rest of the story. He ended up being husband to both of the maid servants, and there were children on both sides. It's never a good idea to marry more than one woman, but there was infighting, and the household of Jacob was like that of a soap opera. He finally had to leave home, his uncle Laban's home. And on his journey back to the land of Canaan with his 11 children and his four wives, he's journeying with a great sense of regret. For so many of the problems of his life, he had brought upon himself. And then there were others who hated him and despised him and had mistreated him. 
He sends the whole family ahead of him, and he's alone in the reading from the Old Testament that is before us. And a man meets him and wrestles with him. And the man is the Lord. But Moses records something that is stunning to hear in the Old Testament reading. That the man who was the Lord could not overcome Jacob. How is that possible? This wrestling match, this wrangling went on all through the night. And Jacob wouldn't let go until the Lord blessed him. Jacob learned the tenacity of faith when through the things that he suffered, the dark hours of the night, sleepless nights, buffeted with a guilty conscience for the things that he had done and from hatred and animosity and enemies from the outside. In tears, no doubt, he uttered words that the psalmist would later pen. How long, O Lord, how long shall this suffering go on? Days, weeks, months, years? And so on the occasion of our Old Testament reading for today, he won't let go of the Lord until the Lord blesses him. Because if he lets go of the Lord, he has nothing. He has no comfort. He has no help. He has no assurance of forgiveness for his own guilty conscience, much less any avenue for peace from those who are waging war against him. How much of it was real in his mind or heart? How much of it was imagined by him? You've been in those situations where the things that you're passing through, the times of suffering and anguish, relationships in the workplace, in marriage, in family, finding yourself in situations where there seems to be no exit, you don't know what to do, that was Jacob. But the suffering that he went through for years, and the prospect of meeting his brother, not knowing what was in his brother's heart, does he still hate him? Will he kill me? as he had vowed to do. Jacob is there alone, wrestling with the Lord. It's a picture of prayer. The Psalter covers every gambit of human emotion, every way in which we have fallen miserably upon our face, every way we are attacked from enemies on the outside as well as the pangs of a conscience from within. But the Lord's grace is greater than our sins and then our enemies. And the Lord promises to sustain and help and comfort. For the man who wrestled with Jacob, who couldn't overcome Jacob, it is a sign of what we call the humiliation of Christ. In his incarnation, he not only becomes man, made of our flesh and of our blood, but he actually subjects himself to the misery of our lives, to all of the things that keep you up at night, to all of the things that cause you to shed tears, to every way in which you feel there is no exit to your, to your life. Lord, how long will this go on? How much longer can I endure this? The man Christ Jesus bore all of that. He knows all of that. He subjected himself to all of that. He went to the cross for all of that. He redeemed you from all of that with the price of his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. 
The foundation of our prayers, even as we cry out to God as Jacob did, is not to let go of that Jesus. For to let go of him means there's no hope. There's no forgiveness. There's no future. There's no resurrection. And we can make no sense out of life. And so, the Canaanite woman in the gospel for today, the passage of which I reread at the start of the, the sermon, it's a stunning story, isn't it? The way she's treated. I mean, it floors us. She comes to Jesus. She's a Canaanite. The Canaanites were those people that the Israelites were ordered to drive out of the land and conquer in the days of Joshua when they took over the land. And here's this Canaanite who comes to Jesus. Her daughter is severely demon-possessed. In what way she is afflicted, we're not specifically told. But her prayer is revealing. The problems of life, the problems that other people are suffering with, perhaps a child who has wandered away from the faith, or someone from whom we are estranged, who is in a battle themselves with Satan, it impacts our own heart and life. And so she prays, Son of David, have mercy on me. It doesn't mean she's not praying for her daughter, but in that prayer, she indicates how what was happening to her daughter was threatening her own faith, threatening to destroy her. I can't tell you how many times people have sat in my office seeking counsel and advice at their wit's end and sometimes saying things like, I don't know if I can even believe in God anymore, considering what has happened to me. And so she prays, Son of David, have mercy on me. It is as if she were praying, preserve my faith in the midst of these things I can't understand, and in the midst of the assaults of Satan upon me. And that's revealing to us, because... The only enemy we really have is the evil one. He uses allies in the sinful flesh of ourselves and our brothers and sisters and other human beings. But St. Paul says our warfare is not against flesh and blood in the battle for our faith, but rather against thrones and dominions and principalities and powers of darkness. So why does Jesus treat this Canaanite woman the way he does? He knows her heart and he wants to teach us something about the nature of faith. The faith that the Holy Spirit works in our heart by the message of the gospel does not come from our own reason or strength. None of us could bear up under the problems of life and remain Christians apart from the grace of God in the gospel that has called us to faith in the first place. And Jesus teaches us that in the way in which she, he treats this woman. He knows her heart. And by this test, he reveals the character of her faith to us. The miracle of faith in the Lord Jesus who suffered and died upon the cross for us, who is our salvation, who is our Lord, whose love for us never fails. That's what this woman believed. That's what the gospel proclaims. Through the things that we suffer in our lives, he strips us of self-reliance so that we learn to believe that too. But look at her experience. 
and compare it to the experiences of your own life and how the devil is quick to tempt you. When she cries out to Jesus, not a word. He answers her, not a word. How often do we think that God is not listening to us, that he's abandoned us, that he no longer loves us? And then the disciples send her away. She cries out after us. I mean, she's a woman and she's a Canaanite. She has no standing. And Jesus seems to agree. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. How often there are stumbling blocks put in the path of one another within the church at the reception of the one thing needful, the gospel of Christ and his love and mercy and compassion. There's the disciples. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what does she do? She came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Every time it seems as if God doesn't care, he's turned his back on you, she presses him. We see Jacob there. I will not let go of you until you bless me, because if I let go of you, I have nothing. And then, to add what seems to be insult to injury, he answers and says, it is not good to take the children's bread, what belongs to Israel, and give it to the little dogs, a Canaanite like you. Stunning. But in that assertion of Jesus, he reveals to us the character and nature of the faith that had been created in her heart. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. It's far worse than a little dog. I have no standing before God that I can claim the blessings of his forgiveness and grace in Christ apart from what Jesus has done. That's her faith. A faith wrought in her heart by the Holy Spirit through the word of the gospel. And she responds to Jesus, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. It is in this moment when the nature and character of the faith that God himself had wrought in her heart for which she cried out to him for mercy that Jesus says, O woman, great is your faith, for her faith is great because the object of her faith is only Christ. It is as if Jesus were saying, O woman, great is your Jesus. Because her faith was singularly in him. I don't know what the problems and struggles and heartache of your heart and conscience are today. But learn from Jacob many of the things he brought upon himself. And learn from the Canaanite woman in whose heart the Lord had worked a faith that was singularly focused in the grace of her Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to cry out to him in the midst of the tears and the anguish and the ways in which Satan aligns himself with so many forces who become the enemies of faith in our own life. Learn the lesson of Jacob and the Canaanite woman who stripped of reliance upon themselves. Learn to trust in Jesus alone. 
one of the marks of a good hymn, is that hymns touch us where we are at. The problems of life, the struggles with which we are contending, the ways in which the arch enemy, Satan, is trying to destroy us. And then they proclaim the assurance and certainty of salvation in Christ and what he has done. The hymn of the day today is a new hymn, 21st century, in fact, written in 2021 by the Reverend Andrew Richard, an associate pastor and headmaster in the congregation which our own Nathaniel Hahn went to to teach. And in that hymn of the day, the text and the tune written by Andrew Richard, Nathaniel Hahn, set a harmonization which accompanied us in which the choir sang. It's a great hymn, but one of the problems with new hymns is that you're learning the music and you're reading the text for the first time and you don't have the opportunity to meditate upon the text. It's in your bulletin, the yellow half sheet, take it home with you. Put it by your bedside, especially if you can't sleep some night. It is a paraphrase of Psalm 3. O Lord, how many are my foes. My enemies are rising. They drive away my night's repose, your holy name despising. They rise against me in their pride, though I am baptized and abide within your mighty keeping. They say that you forsake your saints, that I have no salvation that you are deaf to my complaints and seek my condemnation, while worries rise up like the seas and thoughts of sins and vanities plague heart and mind and conscience. But you, O Lord, you are my shield, my God who will protect me. Through your dear Son you have revealed that you would not neglect me. In Jesus' merits I confide, my glorious Christ crucified, who lifts my head in triumph. In sleepless nights, I lift my voice and know my God is heedful. He makes my downcast heart rejoice and grants me all things needful. The Lord has pledged to hear my prayer. I sleep and wake within his care, for he alone can raise me. I will not fear my many foes. They rise, but Christ rose higher. So you, most high, I pray, depose the mocker and the liar. Put them to shame, Lord. Strike their cheek. Confound the weak. Break their teeth. To you belong salvation. I speak thus on my bed and rest, content within your keeping. In darkness I am not distressed, for you are never sleeping. Though Satan's raging still increase, I will lie down and sleep in peace. You make me dwell in safety. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. In addition to those listed in the congregation at prayer, we pray for Roland Cap Elke, a good friend of John Trapp's, often frequent visitor of our congregation, a professor at Concordia University, Wisconsin, who went to the hospital yesterday and is extremely ill, uh, now having had cancer as a diagnosis. We also pray for Eric Kruger's sister-in-law, Aubrey Kruger, and her husband, Nick, as Aubrey contends with mental health struggles. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we offer before you our common supplications for the well-being of your holy church throughout the world. So guide and govern her by your Holy Spirit that all who profess themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold fast the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Most especially do we commend to you John Trapp, Steve Lesage, David Nietzsche, Sarah Prom, Janine Walentowski, Bonnie Zaretsky, and Margaret Rohde celebrating baptismal birthdays this week. Send down upon all ministers of the gospel and upon the congregations committed to their care the healthful spirit of your grace that they may please you in all things. Bless John and Samantha Bender who celebrate a wedding anniversary this week that they and their love for each other may be preserved in the love of Christ for them. Behold in mercy all who are in authority over us. Supply them with your blessings that they may be inclined to your will and walk according to your commandments. We especially pray for wisdom and guidance for the governments of the world in dealing with the crisis in, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Lift up the church in acts of mercy and compassion for refugees, those suffering and in harm's way. And according to your will, arrest this foreign aggression with peace. We give thanks to you for blessing Gabby Hartwig for a reprieve from cancer, even as she continues to undergo therapeutic treatment. We humbly ask your abiding presence in every situation that you would make known your ways among us. Preserve those who travel, satisfy the needs of your creatures, and help those who call upon you in any need that they may have patience in the midst of suffering and according to your will be released from their afflictions. Most especially in this regard, Heavenly Father, we commend to you Cap Elke, Sustain his life and strength according to your will. Uphold him with your grace. Be with Paul Johnson, Brenda Greshner's son-in-law, recuperating from back surgery. Pastor Wolf Canopy in therapy after suffering a stroke. Jim Nietzsche hospitalized with pneumonia and pulmonary failure. Tom Pinzel recovering from kidney surgery. Bob Zaretsky from a left leg injury due to a fall, and Mary McMiller in her ongoing recovery from knee surgery, together with Amy Bruss in her long road of recovery following a stroke. 
We commend to you those still battling with cancer, James Loker and Josiah Berenger, and Nancy Thiele, who is in hospice care. Grant them healing, and all according to your will. O Lord, merciful Father, sustain and comfort Aubrey, your servant, who is mentally ill. Strengthen her husband and family. Do not allow the evil one to trouble them, but provide them with people who, in wisdom and sympathy, will minister to them in their need. Strengthen them and their families in the knowledge of your redeeming love, so that they may evermore look to you for rescue and help. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hymn 623, you may be seated.
to the Lord our God. It is meet and right so to do. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. 
give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>